In the lead-up to the New York primary, John Kasich hit the campaign trail in New York City, but a casual observer might have mistaken it for an eating contest. I love strudel. I'm not going to eat my strudel with a knife. I use my finger. Never use a fork. How come you're not eating? How about a little cheese on the top of this? At a pizza joint and then a couple of delis, Kasich dug in. It was like watching an episode of Man vs. Food, but with the presidency at stake. Eventually, Donald Trump took notice. I don't think he knows where, you know, did you see him? He has a news conference all the time when he's eating. I have never seen a human being eat in such a disgusting fashion. I'm always telling my young son, Baron, I'm saying, and I always with my kids, all of them, I'd say, children, small little bites, small. This guy takes a pancake and he's shoving it in his mouth. He's like, it's disgusting. Do you want that for your president? I don't think so. As they tend to do, Trump's remarks set off nonstop news coverage in which B-roll played on a loop of Kasich eating a sandwich, a pickle, whatever. And just like that, a string of forgettable retail stops became a full-blown incident. This is Trailhead, a podcast by Real Clear Politics. I'm Rebecca Berg, and in this series, we're exploring the quirky markers on the path to the nominating conventions through some of the standout moments in this year's primary process. In politics, we often invoke the beer test. That is to say, whether voters would have a beer with a candidate. It's meant as a measure of relatability and authenticity, two qualities that are totally unmeasurable but vital. Voters want to have a sense of who candidates are as people. But much of a presidential primary actually takes place over food, not drinks. The Iowa State Fair, Greasy Spoon Diners in New Hampshire, barbecue joints in South Carolina. These are the places where candidates show they can really connect with people, or not. On the same day that John Kasich chowed down at a deli in the Bronx, Ted Cruz was in Brooklyn making matzo with some Jewish voters. And a few days later, Hillary Clinton stared at a delicious piece of cheesecake and refused to eat it. I learned early on not to eat in front of all of you. <laughs> so I'm sitting here just pining, pining for a bite. Clinton later lampooned that painful episode in an interview with Stephen Colbert, in which he coached her through eating dessert in public. It's awkward eating in front mm. of the press. They wanted you to eat in front of you, didn't they? Of course. They could get, well, because they could get a funny shot. Okay. You know, something could drop out of your mouth, it could smear your face. Right. I mean, anything that makes you look silly is... There's, is a way to, there's a way to eat cheesecake without looking silly. Okay, okay. I want to... Will dangerous. you show me? Okay, I will. I'll okay. try. Okay, first of all, okay. you want to use a fork. Yes, that's okay. always good to use a fork. You got a fork. Yeah. Then you want to take off just a little bit off the top right here. Okay. And then just eat as much as you want. <laughs> Kasich, for his part, clearly had zero qualms about eating in full view of the press. This came as no surprise to Tom Rath, who was a senior advisor to the Ohio governor's presidential campaign. I, I, was, I guess I was more surprised at the press, press's infatuation with it than the fact that he ate a lot, because I was with him more or less for six months, and the man could eat. I mean, that is it. You, you can argue about a lot of things about his record, but boy, you give him a menu and he can do a number on it. Rath has observed his fair share of retail politicking over the years as a serial New Hampshire advisor to Republican presidential candidates. He has shepherded Bob Dole, Lamar Alexander, George W. Bush, and Mitt Romney around the Granite State, to name a few. 
And off in the campaign trail, there leads straight to a restaurant, a cafe, or a diner. I had a reporter once say that um, the real slogan of New Hampshire should not be uh, live free or die. It should be two eggs over easy because so much of the campaigning is done in diners. <laughs> and, um, and that's true. That's not to say, though, that every candidate actually eats. Just as Hillary Clinton turned down that slice of cheesecake in New York, Others have also shied away from digging in. Back when I was working for Bob Dole, he didn't do that a lot. Uh, he liked coffee, but he just he didn't eat that way. That was it, it just was not anything that he felt comfortable doing, and we didn't do it. Uh, you go through and say, "All right, we're going to stop by the diner when it's full of sport. Do you mind if we go through and shake hands?" And all people usually say that, but usually not to eat there. When a candidate does partake, however, eating a meal is never just eating. Politicians who pull up a stool at a popular local breakfast joint are sending a message that they understand the town and state and its people. And because this is politics, there are also plenty of potential pitfalls. One, one thing that is hard for candidates who aren't from, as we say, around here to do, and I would advise candidates not to do, is to eat a lobster. Uh, that's a process that has got to be learned. It's an acquired skill. And if you bring somebody so you're going to have lobster, and they plop a lobster down there with a set of you know, cracker, uh, nutcrackers for the claws, and they look at you strangely, you don't want to do that. So you don't want to put him in a place where the, eating the food in some way poses a, uh, an intellectual problem for them. So you've got to be – and I've had people say, well, what do I do now? You know, that's when you say he'll have the lobster roll. So you might wonder, why not just starve? This all sounds like a lot of trouble for lunch. But when candidates get it right, and many of them do – it begins to peel away at that untouchable politician veneer. People like it, and it's expected to be done, and it's, it just is a way to kind of break through that artificial wall between the candidate and voters. And it feels intimate, and it feels more direct, and uh, and again, it, it, it it grounds the campaign in the locale in which they are. You, you, you have a sense that he's actually on the ground doing something in my community as opposed to just dropping in for a speech and, and pulling right out. This is why in Iowa and New Hampshire and other key primary states, there are restaurants that have become synonymous with the presidential campaign, like Puritan Backroom in Manchester, New Hampshire, where you have to get the chicken tenders, no question about it. The restaurant is owned by Democrats, but candidates of both parties stop by for events every election cycle without fail. And there are places like this all across New Hampshire where presidential candidates have come for years and years and will continue to for many more. And, uh, there's a place in Concord, there's a place in several in Manchester and Portsmouth and those areas where almost anywhere you go, there's a place. And I, I don't know why there is, but there is. In Greenville, South Carolina, that place is Tommy's Country Ham House. Tommy's opened more than 30 years ago in 1985, but for the past 15 or so, it has been a mandatory stop on the campaign trail for candidates at all levels, including presidential hopefuls. Here's owner Tommy Stevenson. Well, it started back when David Wilkins, he was a member of the House of Representatives in Greenville, South Carolina, and he and Strom Thurmond were good friends. And, and he used to bring Strom over here and, and uh, we always enjoyed Sean Thurman, Senator Thurman. Um, 
he was always tall, let me know when he's coming. So on favorite meal was chicken liver. So we always provided chicken livers for Senator Thurman. And then when George Bush ran in 99, I believe it was, David brought George Bush over here when he was running for president. And that really started the, the, polit the politicians coming to the ham house. That visit turned out to be a pretty eventful one. While Bush ate breakfast, an animal rights protester dumped a pile of manure in the parking lot to block his exit. The former president recalled the incident during a speech in South Carolina this year, his sole campaign appearance on behalf of his brother. But let me tell you something about the ham house. Even a steaming pile of manure can't ruin their good bacon. The restaurant has become so popular among Republican candidates that in 2012, rivals Newt Gingrich and Mitt Romney nearly had an awkward run-in when both scheduled stops there for the exact same time. During this primary, Rick Santorum, Carly Fiorina, Chris Christie, and Marco Rubio each paid a visit to Tommy's. Jeb stopped by on a few occasions, once with his family in tow. Ben Carson actually lost his front tooth there while eating scrambled eggs. No fault of Tommy's, of course. And even Donald Trump, who for the most part eschewed retail politicking during this campaign, stopped by Tommy's for breakfast. So we, we gave him our sausage, which I make here every day, and uh, it's homemade, and he you know, ordered more to eat, and then he ordered five pieces to go. He said, I've eaten all over the world, and uh, this is the best sausage I've ever had. Stevenson, by the way, does not mess around when it comes to his food. But uh, everything you eat here is made here. That's why I come in at three every morning. I prepare all the food. I grind the sausage, chicken sausage, make cube steak, pork chops, chick cut chicken, uh, grind my burger. And uh, it's like today we're having country style steak. I cut that and cubed it this morning. Having uh, meatloaf, I made that this morning. Grind my meat and made it. And so everything you eat at the ham house is made here that day. But the funny thing is, Tommy's became a campaign hotspot almost completely by accident. Stevenson himself doesn't really follow politics now, he says, and never has. I'll just stay in the background. I'll just enjoy having them. Back in February, on the morning after a Republican debate in Greenville, I stopped by Tommy's to grab breakfast with Hogan Gidley, who worked as Governor Mike Huckabee's top communications aide in this election cycle. Gidley also happens to live in South Carolina and is a former executive director of the state Republican Party, so he's been to Tommy's countless times over the years. There's um, Debt Bowers, my pastor. He ran against uh, Lindsey Graham for Senate, but then there also... On the wall when you walk in is a collection of photos featuring candidates who have passed through the restaurant, many of them posing with Stevenson himself. Rick Santorum, Mike Huckabee, and Miss Janet. And you took that? I took that picture. That's and Newt, Newt Gingrich gets Newt, two. Newt, Newt got two. Of course, he won. He did But win. also, you get, um, he had the Hannity factor. I think we did a, a hit here. Oh, yeah. From Tommy's. Camera. Um, and W came here. Tommy here. looks a lot younger there. Tommy does look younger then. It, that was several Long eggs ago. ago. <laughs> <laughs> several slabs of ham ago. I stopped recording when we sat down, so you'll just have to imagine the sound of us eating our grits. But I called Gidley later to get a sense from him of the allure of food on the campaign trail. You know, a lot of the world's problems get solved over, over a meal. And so when a politician can sit down in person and have that conversation with a voter, whether the voter's 
happy or disgruntled or upset or sad. Um, that's just always a good place to do it. And there's no pretense. There's no stagecraft. It's just you order the eggs, out of the pancakes. Let's both get some coffee and figure this thing out. Gidley would know, too, because in addition to working for Huckabee, he also worked for Rick Santorum in 2012. And both Santorum and Huckabee essentially ran their campaigns out of pizza ranch locations across Iowa. Yeah, Huckabee did in L.A. And so, um, you know, Rick had the similar money structure, which was zero in 2012. So he had to do the way that Huckabee did it. Um, and what, again, the irony of the pizza ranch. What's the best thing at the pizza ranch? It's the fried chicken. You go there for the chicken. You don't go for the pizza. But really, you, the you candidate. There. You do go there for. You go for I? the. You go for the free room. You go for, oh, if you oh, well, of course. That's how you campaign on a budget, right there. Is uh, you know, you buy a pizza and they give you a free room. As campaign trail food goes, though, the Iowa State Fair is ground zero. This is where every three or four years we get the very best awkward photos of candidates trying to eat food on a stick. Almost all of them eat the signature pork chop, and none of them look good doing it. But that's besides the point. Governor Huckabee says it's one of the best, it, it was not one of the best, it's the best pork chop he ever has um, anywhere, anytime, any place. And so um, I can't tell you how many times from, from the moment we entered the gate until the time we were actually standing, up, standing over the grill, picking a pork chop off of the grill with a stick, that he said to me, we're not leaving here without a pork chop on a stick. I mean, he must have said it 30 times in a 100-yard wall. As if there was um, any like doubt was, that he would get a pork chop. Right, right, right. Like I, and like I was going to get, and I would have been fired had I not taken to get a pork chop on a stick. Because, um, and it's not because it's what you have to do. It's because he, he thinks they're absolutely amazing. I mean, he talked about them the whole plane ride over there. He talked about the one we got, you know, we got him at the go box. And he talked about all the plane ride back. At this moment in the history of presidential campaigns, pork chop politicking can seem a bit obsolete. Why swing by a local restaurant when you can order a taco bowl to your office and tweet a photo like Donald Trump did in a curious bit of outreach to Latino voters? Still, there is something fundamental and refreshing about a good old-fashioned meal on the trail and the engagement that comes with it. I mean, what other country in the world do your potential leaders or, or, or current leaders sit down to dinner with people, you know, three, four, five nights a week, seven nights a week, and have conversations about their country and their, and their own individual lives and the hard, hardships they face? I mean, it's just, it's really, it, it's, a, it's just a beautiful thing. It's a very romantic process to actually get down and, and, and talk to your candidates, but, but, but the food, the, the actual sitting down at a meal is, is, is what makes it um, so much more intimate, it makes it so much more um, real. If that sounds a little too Norman Rockwell to be true, well, I agree. It definitely does. But it's an idea that has endured. Here's Rath again. Yeah, no, it's a constant in a world of change. Uh, uh, nothing says retail politics like walking through a diner and talking to people while they're eating their eggs in the morning. So who's picking up the tab? We'll take a look next week on Trailhead. <laughs>